0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Path 11 podcast. This podcast is bringing me back to my childhood. I don't know how many of you have ever heard the band Starship, and if you were rocking out to the song, We Built This City, but uh, I remember singing that song at the top of my lungs and absolutely loved it. And I was approached by a person recently, Lori Micah is her name, that she sent me an email about a book that she wrote called Signs Surround You, Love Never Dies. And it actually talks about her relationship with one of the guitar players from Starship, um, Mark, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about him, or Lori will tell you more about him. And he uh, had actually died of a heart attack, but he has been communicating with her in spirit. So um, Raymond Moody, Lisa Smart, people that we have had on our podcast had endorsed her book. Um, I just loved her pitch to me. And how could I say no to wanting to hear more about this story? and uh, just bringing me back to the days of my childhood of you know, singing at the top of my lungs, we built this city. For those of you who are watching, you'll see that I got dressed up for this interview. I'm wearing my ACDC back and black shirt, just to uh, honor the music and honor rock and roll. And uh, if those of you who are listening, if you want to watch this podcast, you can go over to path11tv.com and you can watch it for free. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Lori Micah. Lori, welcome to the Path 11 podcast.
1: Hi, April. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm actually going to blow your mind in the very beginning of the interview. So you're wearing this ACDC shirt. And when Mark began communicating with me, I decided to start recording the signs he sent me because I knew that our memory is fragile and we forget things over time, even really significant things that we think we'll never forget we we have to write them down if we're going to remember them accurately and i went to the store to find a journal and the journal that i picked has ACDC on the front of it. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> See, there you go. I feel like in some way, you know, maybe even Mark facilitated this connection. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's probably like, I know a girl who knows this song and she has a podcast. And guess what? She talks about spirit communication. Like, you've got to be on crazy, this show. <laughs> this is my mystical life, seriously. I know. It's amazing. And I, you know, as I was reading your book, I mean, in the very beginning, I was like, Oh, my God, I have found my, my lyric soul sister, because mm-hmm. I have that title with my friends, they call me the lyric queen. And I, Ooh. yeah, I just love lyrics. Like, that is my thing, making mixed tapes for people back in the day. And now I actually use Spotify to make my friends, um, you know, song lists and stuff like that. I was I laughing that. at one of one of the parts in your book, where you went through a breakup and you're like, and I even made a song list for it. And I'm like, I did. I'm like, been there, done that. I have so many on my Spotify account for different moments in my life, different relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just got a kick out of that for somebody. Just to even talk to somebody that has such a passion for the lyrics as do I. Yeah, um, music is such a connector, isn't it? Oh, it really is. I mean, it's just like it's a part of my life. I don't know what I would do without music. It's just. Yeah. So I, when I first opened your book and you were like, oh, and by the way, there's a playlist of music that you can listen to. I was like, Oh my God! So okay. I had just so the audience knows, like a day and a half to go over your material. <laughs> okay, yeah. I read the book. I luckily you had read a good... the whole book in a day and a half. I, yeah, I have learned to speed read, my friend. Yes, wow. I did. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, and uh, I woke up actually and finished it at four a.m. this morning because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just like falling asleep to like your love story and all of it, and I was like, okay, I got to get it done. Um, but yeah, and then I was listening okay. to. Um, you know, the song list and you actually purchased the copyright, uh, for all of that. Yeah.
1: right? So actually, so I wrote this book quite a long time ago and I was really, I didn't know what I was doing when I wrote this book. So I think I would have done things a little differently, but because music was so important to my story, I named every chapter after a song and the song captures kind of that emotional feeling, of the chapter that I'm writing and in many of the signs and also in different parts of the love story, I reference lyrics because the lyrics really spoke to and communicated a lot about what was going on in my life at that time and, and with the story. But unfortunately, when you use lyrics, you have to pay for copyright in order to have permission to use them. You can use a song title or the name of the artist, but as soon as you use Two or more words from a song, you have to pay for that. Wow. And I actually had probably forty songs in the beginning that I had lyrics for. I pared it down to twenty nine because it is very expensive. I paid almost ten thousand dollars for my lyric permissions for this book. Whoa! Oh yeah, my this is like a serious. This is a serious commitment for me. Mm-hmm. to get this book. And it took me almost a year to get all those song permissions. I just a couple weeks ago got the last four song permissions.
0: Wow. Well, I, I, I've never seen anything like it. I and mean, I've read <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of books. And then this really called to me because I was like, oh, there's like a music soundtrack to her life. And, you know, it just gave me this window because I appreciate lyrics of songs so much, even more so than the music
1: behind them. It is the lyrics that me like grabs too. me. Every, you know? every time, me too. And it's so funny because you... He- you have soundtracks to every movie that you ever watch, but who's ever used a soundtrack for a book? No one. So this you. Is to, my, to my knowledge, I'm the only one that that I'm aware of that actually has a soundtrack to this book. So people can, if they like this, even if they don't want to purchase the book, they can go on Spotify and they can search Science Around You, Love Never Dies as the book under Lori Micah. And you can... Um, for free, listen to that playlist.
0: Yeah, and it's a great pr- playlist, nonetheless. <laughs> all right, some Richard Marx was in there. I mean, Joni the I Mitchell. It, girl. Oh yeah. Oh, it was. It was. It was very eighties. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of it, but um, you know, Bon Jovi was in there, and and all this stuff. So it aside from the book, it's a great playlist. So
1: good job with that. I'm so glad you loved it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I also have the Kindle version of your book. So the other really nice thing about the Kindle version is, you know, you go in and you open up a chapter and under the chapter, she has a link to the Spotify, you know, song in the playlist there. And I know that you had said that it was important that you chose Spotify because you know that the artists
1: get reimbursed, they get money for that. Yeah. Yep. And then it's free. There's a free version. I mean, people have to pay for the, they have to listen to the commercials, but they can get a free version. So it literally costs nothing to be able to enjoy this. And I wanted, I wanted that. I wanted that aspect.
0: So, okay. So let's talk about science around you. Now, Mark, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing his last name uh, correctly. Abrahamian. Abrahamian. That sounds, um, Armenian. It is Armenian. Oh my gosh, who knows that? Well, I know that because my best friend is Armenian, and her last name is Haritunian. So um, when I, I could not believe you guessed that. It's yeah. just that blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So I, that's what it sounded like. I think I would have pronounced it right, but yeah. Yeah. So. Um, So, wow, what an amazing kind of love story roller coaster that, I mean, wow, talk about standing in your truth, right? Speaking your truth this is like a really intense life story that I feel like a lot of people could probably relate to on so many different levels between being married, having children, uh, this love affair coming in and finding a connection to a soulmate that is oh much different God. than the relationship with your husband. Yeah. Um, trying to navigate that trying to make the marriage work, connecting from Mark disconnecting from Mark, you yeah. can't stop the connection, you're back again. Yeah. And then you know, the tragedy of him having a heart attack in his, he was early
1: 40s, right? Forty six, yeah. Forty six. Yeah. Um, I still think that's early forties. <laughs> so early, yeah. It's so young to have a heart attack for sure. Yeah. He healthy. I mean, he was a smoker, so that might have contributed to it, but he ate he had a super healthy, clean, clean diet, and he exercised, he worked out, and he was always, you know, a thinner person, muscular person, and he was always talking about my diet and how I should clean it up, and then he's the one who has a heart attack and dies. I mean yeah. You never know when it's gonna be your time.
0: Right. But you know, what I loved about the story too is that um the relationship continued in spirit,
1: you know. And, and so there's is.
0: Yeah, part two of the book is all about these crazy synchronicities, especially with music, the way Mark, um, you know, continues to connect to Lori. And so let's let the audience know without giving too much away, because they really need to read this book. But why Thank don't you, you kind of give us some cliff notes of how the synchronicity just of the two of you meeting, right? I yes. mean, this is what blows my mind too. It's like, what are the chances that, yeah. you know, here's the soulmate connection, it really makes you feel like when you read your book, that there is something more divine at hand in oh order to make the meeting of you and Mark together. Yeah. So let them know. Let's, no, know. Let's talk about it.
1: The irony of everything is that the timing. Um, so I saw a poster that Starship and 38 special were going to come to town. Now I love music, but I only at that time owned like 35 CDs And both of those bands were CDs I owned. And not only did I own the CD for Starship, but I owned every single CD that they ever had that had the song Miracles on it because Miracles was my all-time favorite song since, like, college. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that they were going to come to town, I was supposed to be at a family reunion in Iowa. And I said, nope, we're not going to go this year. I'm going to stay home. And it was my daughter's birthday. And ironically... Two weeks before, we signed my son up for guitar lessons. My son had been asking for a long time. I would pass this guitar store, and every time I passed them, they were closed. And then one day, I got stuck in an area and happened to pass them, and they were open, and I signed my son up for guitar lessons. So fast forward to, we go to this 38 special concert. It had been my daughter's birthday party. I had a bunch of people in from out of town. Everybody comes to this concert with me, except for my husband, who didn't want to go. And my son shows me that he's brought this guitar pick with him. And he asks me, do you think we could meet one of the guitar players and they could sign my pick? And he's like 12 years old. And I'm like, well, I doubt it, but let's go find out. And I walked up to this t-shirt booth and the man at the t-shirt booth happened to be the concert promoter. He set up the entire concert. He was giving somebody a five minute bathroom break. And when I told him my story, he was so touched by my 12 year old son wanting to meet a guitar um, band player that he took us to the band who had just played. Um, and he had the band come out and we got to meet the band. And then when he found it was found out it was my daughter's birthday, he gave us backstage passes, which wound up being good for the next day, which played into how I met Mark. And the next day we went back to the concert venue And ironically, Mark and his bandmate were sitting on the sidewalk and Mark had just prayed that he would meet a beautiful woman. And he said, I walked by and his heart dropped. He felt like it was an instant soul recognition. And because I had this backstage pass, I was able to have my kids, my son especially, who wanted to meet and have another guitar pick signed, I got to meet Mark. So it felt like a very synchronistic meeting, and we began this very innocent email correspondence because I thought, well, he'll come back to town in another year for these these concerts, and I will let my son get a guitar lesson from him because he had been a guitar teacher prior to joining the band Starship. So it was so many little... Um, coincidences. And I use air quotes when I say that because it was very much meant to be. And through different mediums and over time, I've been told over and over again that we could not have stopped this soul connection if we had wanted to. It was way more powerful than either of us because I believe that our purpose together was for us to do all of the work that we have done since he died. And we couldn't do that unless we had this very strong bond and connection before he died.
0: Right, yeah, you even talk about, like when he was on stage, he could feel whether or not you were in the audience, even if he couldn't find you or see you, you know, it's like you guys could sense each other's presence. And, uh, you know, I don't want to fast forward too quickly, but even the day that he passed away without you even knowing you had felt it and you were having these strange thoughts, you know, coming in your head that you were like, why am I having this thought? Um, and the relationship and the connection is really pronounced because, you know, you take us through this journey of the two of you
1: saying, okay, we need to take a season. We need to take a break. Um, um, you know, maybe we. I need was, to married. I was right. married and I had been in a relationship that was not very fulfilling. And I had been saying for many years, when the kids are gone, I'm gone. I knew that I was going to exit this relationship at some point, but I am not a person who cheats. I had never had an intention. And so I was very careful with my relationship with Mark. And I would walk around saying in my head all day long, "Oh my God, I'm having an emotional affair. I'm having an emotional affair. Like, what am I doing? This isn't me. But we literally could not stop talking to each other, and we couldn't stop this connection. He became, April, my greatest spiritual teacher. I learned more in the two years I was with him than I learned on the previous 40 years of being on this planet. He was such a deep and very spiritual person. I just just could not stop my connection to him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he was, you know, it, it, what the other thing that was so um, interesting, and a lot of fun to read was that you had kept your text messages and your email messages with each other. So it was like, we're really spying on your, your email correspondence <laughs> and reading it <laughs> and, and reading what he's writing. But, you know, he was really deep. And the thing that I took away from his emails that he would repeat over and over to you was like, "Lori, you got to figure out your life for yourself." You know, he would the truth, right? Yep, he would keep bringing you back around, um, not even making it so much about your relationship, about the two of you. Because every time you would like poke and be like, "We have to meet. We have to see if this is meant to be. Like, we just need to see each other in person, so I know." And he'd be like, "You know, you kind of like you got to get your shit together, and you need to figure this out for yourself. I'm not going to give you the answers. This relationship isn't." going to give you the answers. It felt very sage-like where oh you know, it's like, yeah. the answers are within, go, <laughs> go within and find them.
1: He was so much that guy. He was so, so deep. He really was. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: um, the other thing that, you know as i was reflecting on it that i found interesting was there really was never a true moment for the two of your lives to combine to really explore what it would have been like to live together even though you know he had said to you at that one point that he really wanted to be in a relationship with someone was it when he was living in tennessee texas texas or, he was in person, yeah in texas yeah. and he was like you know i really want to come home to someone and yeah. and stuff like that but you know this connection you you know Lori's running out to the concert. She's flying. She's taking trips. She's making like, She's there. You like you could just feel the adrenaline and the love that she had for him. Like I'm not going to miss the show. But the way in which your worlds were functioning, there really wasn't this opportunity. Doesn't doesn't felt it didn't feel like to me when I was reading it that that was ever supposed to be the purpose that the two of you were supposed no. to
1: cohabitate and be in this home together. It's really interesting you bring that up. So there are a couple things about that, mm-hmm. Mark traveled for a living. He could have lived literally any place he wanted to. And I lived in Chicago at the time. And I remember having these talks and I'm like, Hey, you can move to me. You move to Texas for somebody else. You could move to Chicago for me. And he said, I can't imagine having to fly out of O'Hare airport. And I can't imagine being in that kind of weather. And I think on some levels, Mark was very afraid that if he moved and picked me, that I wouldn't stay with him. Because ironically, I did wind up divorcing my husband. And then at the very end, before the divorce was final, getting back together with him for six years. So I think on some energy level, Mark felt that that might be the case. So my kids were too young for me to move to him. So I was not going to move my children away from their dad. They had a wonderful dad. I'd never do that. So it just didn't work. So when we ended our relationship and he said, I want somebody to come home to I'm going to meet somebody in Texas. I'm like, okay, I need to get out of my relationship with my husband anyway. So we said, fine, we're done. And we ended all communication. Now, text messaging was new back then, but we didn't communicate in text message. Social media was in its infancy, like it was 2008, 2009. So Facebook Mm -hmm. was very, very new, but I was very careful and I didn't follow him on social media and I I stopped tracking his whereabouts. I wouldn't see where the concerts were going to be because I didn't want to think about was he going to be in my area? I didn't want the temptation of seeing him because to your point, I needed to figure my stuff out and come to center with me. And so that's what happened. But but I never grieved the end of the relationship, because April, it never felt like the end. It mm-hmm. felt like I pushed this pause button. And I thought, in my 40s or 50s, when I'm older, and I'm divorced, and I'm on my own, and I can live someplace where he would like the weather, we would continue. And here I am living in Arizona. My kids are done with college, and they're on their own we really could have, had he been available and i been available, we could have undone that pause button and we could have experienced life together. So the day that I found out he died was an absolute devastation. I don't think I've ever cried as hard in my entire life as I did when I got the news that he died. And he tried to send me warning signs that day. He had sent me messages. And I knew on some level he died. I had two random thoughts that he had passed away. One, the first thought didn't make sense and I pushed it away. And the second thought was that he died in a car in a, in a plane crash. And I knew it wasn't my thought because I would have thought, well, he was a smoker. He was going to die from lung cancer, not from planes, which I thought were safe. (laughs) But um, in any case, we did not have the opportunity to come back together. And so I had never grieved the relationship, and I began grieving it very heavily on that day. It was horrible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You talk about that in your book, too, about like as you're speaking to the reader, if, you know, the reader has ever experienced a loss of someone that they love, but they never had that last chance to say goodbye. Like that yeah. was kind of like the depths of the grief that, you know, you were also experiencing
1: on that day. Yeah. For sure. And I had already been a spiritual person. I had already, you know, been on my spiritual journey for quite a while. But let me tell you, when he died, I dug in, I needed to find him in spirit. And I knew I could. And I began reading every medium book I could get my hands on. And With a course of irony, I already had a medium reading scheduled and I thought, well, I'm going to connect with him. And I kept getting canceled and canceled and canceled and eventually wound up talking to an energy healer who did... Give me the message that he was still around me and that he was guiding me. He was going to be my guardian angel on the other side. And then he still loved me. We had not spoken for three years. And so there's a part of you that it's bad enough when you don't get a chance to say goodbye to somebody you're in contact with on a normal basis. But knowing my love for him and knowing we hadn't spoken for three years, you begin to wonder, well, geez, had he moved on so much? He had a fiance. He was going to be getting married. Did he even ever think of me anymore? Did he still love me? And I found out very quickly, he never left me. He absolutely loved me. And he loves lots of people. He has given many, many people signs, not just me. He's Mm -hmm. a very powerful soul. Yeah. And
0: so another thing that I was wondering, um, you know, through this whole trial and tribulation with your ex-husband, John, did the book, did he read the book? And I was wondering if the book seeing it in form, if it gave him any better understanding of the depths of this connection, because, you know, the thing that struck me was the day that uh, Mark had died. And his reaction to it, you know, understandable with, you know, how he was feeling. And you know, what he went through and feeling like he was always, you know, kind of competing with this other person and, and right. stuff like that, that, you know, he kind of said like, I hope you don't expect me to be sad about this. Right. Um right. And so it was, it's like, he wasn't really even able to hold space for you, nor did he no. want to with this.
1: He didn't want to see it. He didn't want to see the grief. He didn't want to hear anything about any of my signs I was getting my dreams that I was getting. So I had to disconnect from him that way and go to other people for support in that area. Yeah, it was a sad, it was sad for him. It's ironic because the day that Mark died was the day that my marriage died. I knew without a doubt that I couldn't continue in that relationship beyond our kids being done with, with school. Mm-hmm. And um, Jason never read the book. He knows about it. We talked about it. I I think it would be too emotionally difficult for him. He wants to more or less just not ha- he knows about it. And that's all he needs to know. He doesn't need to know any details about it. He knows that I'm on my spiritual journey. We're still very close. We're very connected. We've been divorced for several years now. And like I said, our kids are, are out of college and, and everything and they have their own lives, but we're still very good friends and we see each other and we spend time with each other. And that connection didn't die with the, the death of our relationship. We were together for 30 years, but, um, he he would not be able to process and understand anything, and he wouldn't want to know. Yeah,
0: and and I get that, and I understand it. There's a part of me, you know, that was kind of like hoping for him if he was able to move out of like the egoic self and maybe read this for what it is. It would feel no. probably so less personal to him, yeah. and that there might even be this understanding, um, you know, for him and even more healing, you know, yeah, for him I to was- like understand.
1: I tried to be so kind to him in that book because I felt like he just didn't understand things. He was just not spiritually open to anything and he didn't understand the bigger picture of what Mark and I truly were. So he has really grown a lot in the last few years. We have amazing conversations. He's open now to spiritual things like he's never been before. So it's a path and a journey and he's on his own path. He's standing in his own truth and that's all I can hope for him and just wish him the best and, you know, hope that he finds the love that he he deserves to have in his life, because there is somebody out there, I think, who would be perfect for him. We didn't work out romantically. But, um, you know, I think our sole purpose was to actually our contract was to raise our children together, which is what we did when we came back for the six years. We did that. And it was almost like the contract wasn't allowed to end until we completed that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as you go into part two of the book and you start to let the reader know about these signs that are surrounding you, but you're also tying it in to say, and signs are also surrounding you. You know, yeah. if you've lost someone, here are something, here are some of my experiences that you might be able to relate to. But you're also teaching people how to look for their own signs. Um, there was a really incredible one. <laughs> You'd think it would be right on the top of my head because I finished reading at four oh, o'clock so this morning, <laughs> but it was. Um, Oh, what was it? It was the one, and his mom like validated. Oh, it was the dream that you had with the car. car." Yes. Can you you, tell that? Tell that that story because that one just blew me away. And then the fact that his mom like verified it, and I felt like that had to have been just so cool for her too. So yes, please tell that story.
1: So. What's interesting about getting signs is that when Mark started, started, um, sending me these signs they happened four days after he died. And it was so clear that it was a sign and that I started this journal and began writing it down. I had no intention of sharing this with the world. I just wanted to document it for myself. So I would never forget these special signs he was sending me. And, um, The reason that I wrote the book is because if you can understand my story and you can connect to my story, then maybe by seeing my signs and how they work for me, maybe you can apply signs to your own life and your own story. Because as individual, as unique beings, we all receive things differently. So my signs might be markedly different than yours, but I want you to to open your heart. And I want you to pay attention to your signs and don't slough them off as coincidence because signs are a way of the other side, getting your attention and letting you know that you're always loved. So this dream that I had was an incredible experience. I had had a medium that I was very excited to connect to. She's a very credible studied medium and um, she's very evidential. So I had had an appointment with her and it kept getting canceled. And on the second day that it was going that I was going to meet with her, I had this incredible dream. So in this dream, this medium that I'm supposed to have the reading with walks into the room and instead of giving me a reading, she starts telling me a commercial and showing me a commercial on this screen in this room about herself. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I want to connect to Mark. Why aren't you talking about Mark? Why are you telling, your, telling me about yourself? And I was so confused, but I didn't want to be rude to her. So I'm sitting here listening to her commercial and I'm looking at my watch going, my time's leaving, my time's leaving. And all of a sudden she said to me, I have to leave. And I was like, but you didn't tell me anything. And she stomps out of the room. And all of a sudden these two men enter the room They entered the room very calmly. They looked very similar to each other. And I felt like they were brothers or maybe even potentially sons of hers. And they had dark, straight hair. They were wearing flowing white shirts. But when I looked at them, they had porcelain skin and they had eyes that were piercing blue. Like the only, the way that you would see these eyes would be if somebody was wearing those contact lenses at Halloween, they did not look like a normal person. And they walked in and the one man was holding two pieces of paper in his hand and he flung each of them up on the wall and they stuck to the wall. And the first picture was a car of a picture of Mark's car. He had a very antique El Camino that he was the only car he had ever owned. And the second picture was a picture of a car engine. And the man said to me, "Um, there's a man here named Mark who wants to connect with you. And before he died, he was having car problems. He had an oil problem with his car. And I thought, well, that's great. Thanks for telling me, but we hadn't spoken for three years. I have no way of knowing this. And then they began reading this sushi fish and my dream ended. And I thought, what the heck? And and a couple hours later, the medium canceled me again for the, the second time and rescheduled me. And so I had intended to call Mark's mom to tell her about my medium reading. She was very interested anytime I would talk to somebody on the other side and I would get messages for Mark because oftentimes they would include messages for her. And because I couldn't connect and tell her about my medium reading, I told her about my dream. And this was very shortly after Mark had died. He had only been gone less than two months. And Mark's mom, Marilyn, said, well, that's interesting. I was just with Mark's dad and he showed me this fax piece of paper and he said, this is the last correspondence I will ever have with my son. And they had been working on some kind of a car problem Mark had. And she remembered this conversation and said, I'm going to reach out to him. And I'm going to ask him what the car problem was. But she said, I don't want to give it away. So I'm going to be very vague about it. And she sent Mark's dad an email that said, what was the car issue you were working on? Well, that night, um, my son and I were together and we had plans to go to dinner. And I let him pick any place he wanted to go. And he picked sushi. He's like, mom, can we go to sushi, please? I know it's expensive, but I'd really like to go. And as we pulled into the sushi parking lot, I got an email from Mark's mom, and it said, It looked like that dream of yours wasn't random. Mark's dad and he were working on an oil leak in the top of his engine. I mean, I read that my job was like, uh, the what? Knew everything. They knew everything. They knew I'd go to sushi dinner that night that I would get the, the email and the confirmation in that parking lot. So that's why they were reading that sushi fish. And so later on, I talked to my sister about this and my sister is a medium and she's very intuitive herself. And she said, Lori, those were not men. Those were angels. They were angels in your dream delivering this message for you. So if you, you can discount everything in my book about my signs. I know that people are skeptical and sometimes things don't seem real until they happen to you. So yeah, I got signs as, you know, songs as signs all the time and very unique timing and license plates as signs. You can discount all of that. But I don't know how anybody can discount having a dream and being given information that you could not have possibly known because you hadn't had contact with somebody for the last three years.
0: Yeah, that that was pretty amazing. And it made me wonder too, even though it felt like you didn't get a reading from her, I was wondering, I wonder if those two are her guides that helps her to deliver information. I
1: love that thought. Mm -hmm. Her guides are her angels. And I really believe because her reading was not good. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that my purpose in in connecting with her had anything to do with the reading. I think it had to do with that dream.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, I think that that story is so great in so many ways to for you and, you know, to share with people. But there's like data collection in it, right? It's like you hadn't talked to him in three years. How would you know that? And then you were able to actually get it verified. Yes. Uh, So that was really, really outstanding. I love that story in the book.
1: Thank you. Uh, That was pretty incredible to experience.
0: Yeah. And there, there there's so many too, Um, you know, maybe you can talk about how spirits can communicate with us through electronic devices, through our car, through touch screens that love to freeze. And there's no reason why they should be freezing on a certain name of a song, but I mean, yeah. Why don't you pick one more uh, story that you can share maybe with electronics?
1: Well, I'll pick this one because, you know, I have not just embraced this wholeheartedly without having a skeptical mind. I do have a very left brain. I I sell software. I've worked for IBM and Pfizer and HP. I do have that prove it to me. So even though I have this spiritual aspect of me that embraces signs and believes in life after death and things bigger than ourselves, it's, it's quite incredible when you start having signs that you cannot rationalize away. And I think the first really big one for me was four days after Mark died. So Mark was the lead guitarist of the band starship. He had been with that band for 14 years and that's how I had met him and connected to him. So we obviously connected through music. So, He's been gone for four days and I get in my car and I turn the car on and the car screen is on XM radios, the bridge. And the screen says Jefferson Airplane with your love is playing, except no song is coming out of the radio. It's just frozen with that song name. And I thought. Oh my gosh, it's Mark. He's connecting with me. He's he's communicating with me. This has to be him. And I could switch the station, April, to any other station. I could go any other XM station. It would play that song, but the screen remained frozen with Jefferson Airplane With Your Love. I could change to AM and FM radio stations, and it did the same. Now I wanted to believe that Mark was communicating with me, but there's still remember that part of me that I haven't talked to him for three years. Is he really going to be reaching out to me? Does he still love me? Does he still think about me? And so I called XM radio I waited on hold for 20 minutes. And when the guy came on, I told him what was happening. And he's like, that's impossible. That can't be happening. There's something wrong with your radio. And I thought, well, is my subscription up? And he said, nope, your subscription is good. You have nine more months left on it. So he asked me if I wanted him to reset my XM radio. Now, part of me is screaming, no, don't do it. It's not from Mark. But part of me is like, yeah, let me challenge you on that. Let me let me prove it to myself that something bigger is going on. So I said, "Okay." he said, well, we reset it remotely. It'll take a minute. And then he said, "Okay, it's done. And the screen didn't change. And I was like, thank you. He goes, well, yeah, it might take 10 minutes for it to update. So I had some errands to run because that's why I was getting in my car. I got out of my car and back in. And every time I started my car, the screen was still frozen with with your love. Twice. And then when I got to my friend Dawn's house, my friend Dawn is one of my best friends in the world. She had attended multiple concerts with me. She knew, you know, Mark through my eyes and had gone on this journey and supported me as a friend. So she came out to the car and she looked at the car screen and she said, hi, Mark. And I went in and had lunch with her. And when I came back out, the screen was back to normal. (laughs) Mm hmm. It's almost like you just wanted to be acknowledged. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story too.
0: And, and the fact, again, you went, you called XM radio, Hey, is there something wrong? Okay. We'll reset it. It's still there. And then, yeah. So I love those signs.
1: Can I, can I share one more thing, April? Cause I think that mm-hmm. this is. Please do. So Mark has been in my life. Um, you know, I met him in 2007. So a long time ago and he died in 2012. So he's been gone um, eight years now. And he still continues to give me signs. But one of the signs that he has been giving me continually, I have gotten the same sign 22 times over a 16-month period. When Mark was alive, the last time I saw him, he played a concert with the band Toto. And they played four Toto songs. And Hold the Line was one of those songs. And um, he begins sending me this special sign. So I listen to XM radio to a, a station called Yacht Rock Radio. And Mark has taken over and either not played the song or sometimes the song will play. Sometimes it'll say a commercial is playing. But Hold the Line plays on that radio station when it says that another song is playing. He's done this 22 times. And we have actually verified that XM radio's Yacht Rock does not play the song Hold the Line because it is not a Yacht Rocky sign. I have videotaped this multiple times to show people how it works, but he literally takes the radio station over. Hold the Line is not playing for anybody else. It's playing for me, and it's very specially connected because it was the last time I saw him, he played that song.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And I've heard a lot of mediums, um, you know, evidential mediums that I've that I have spoken to on the show. They say, um, our electronics, our cell phones, radios are really easy manipulation because we're energy. And you can get right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, we might need, do you still have a video of that? Cause that might be another
1: mind, but mind bender that I can send you. And I have that on my YouTube channel so people can see it. Um, there's a replay feature on XM radio. So it, when it was happening, I actually used the replay feature to show people exactly how it works for me. The other song was playing and then that began playing over it. And then as soon as that song ends, it updates and goes back to the regular programming on Yacht Rock Radio. Wow, that is so
0: cool. Yeah, and Lori also, um, I'm not going to give this away, but she shared another story outside of this podcast, because she was listening to the Mindbenders podcast with the one that I did with my dad and the synchronous oh, between um, him and Jimi Hendrix's daughter, um, our granddaughter. And so anyway, so she's like, oh, I have a story for the Mindbenders podcast. So you guys will probably see her again over there. But then I think we have to add this one, because I love the fact that you videotaped it, you know know that we can show people something and because that podcast is all about like blowing people's minds about it synchronicities is. and things. Your whole book, believe it or not, I feel like could have been a whole season on the Mindbenders podcast with all of
1: the stories um, oh, that you I knew how many I have written down so many more stories. I, mean, I have written a second book um, and then I'm going to be releasing at the end of this year. And at the end of that book, the signs that I get, again, I've created a, a playlist to go along with that book. And ever since the beginning of that book, when I started naming the songs, I have—I re- wrote that book many months ago. There has not been a single day that I have not heard one of the chapter titles somewhere in a store from my neighbor's backyard or <laughs> on Yacht Rock Radio or my own radio stations every single day for months. And there are only like 50 songs in that book The statistical significance of being able to have that happen is beyond any type of statistical norm.
0: Yeah. Oh, love it. Okay. Well, then you're going to come back again (laughs) once that book is ready. I would
1: love to. Yeah.
0: So I'd also like you to share um, with our listeners, too, kind of your transformation. So Mark dies. Your marriage ends, you know, you had moved into this house that you flipped. It was a foreclosure. That, that's yeah. a great story, too. Um, but then, you know, you begin to move forward with your artwork, um, your own business, your own website. And I'd love people to just learn more about that.
1: Oh, thank you. OK, so. The Probably the most significant thing that happened after Mark died is as I was trying to connect with him, remember I had these medium appointments that had been canceled and I had two mediums on the same day that canceled my appointment and a friend of mine happened to be, and they are quotes again, happened to be communicating with me at work. We both worked at IBM at the time and she said, you know, one of my friends goes to this energy healer and I think you should go talk to this energy healer. I'm like, I don't want an energy healer. What's that? I want to talk to a medium. And sure enough, I wind up with this appointment with this this energy healer, and I recorded the session. And as this energy healer was talking to me, she began saying these mantras like, You're you need to hold the space for the love. You are nothing but pure love. And then I would go on my walk daily and I would listen to this recording because it was very healing for me. Messages from Mark, messages for myself, like the stand in my own truth. And one day as I was hearing these mantras, I saw in my mind a picture of these hearts flying with banners attached to them with these healing messages. It's almost like the first heart had messages they needed to let go, and the second heart had these healing messages about love. Now, I'm not a trained artist. Um, I had really not painted at all, except I had taken a 12-week painting class two years earlier just for fun. But I felt compelled to paint this painting. So I spent two days creating it. And after that, I would be on my daily walk. And every day, I would see a painting in my mind of a heart flying with an inspirational message. So I began writing down these messages and I decided I'm gonna start painting these paintings. And I decided to paint 40 paintings in 40 days. I don't know why, 50 sounded like it was gonna be too many, 20 didn't sound like enough. And every day I would share these paintings with my friends and family. And as that 40th painting was coming near I looked at the calendar and realized the 40th painting was going to land on Mark's birthday. Now, there is no way I could have planned this. And I knew instantly that our connection and these paintings were being driven from the other side from him. Ultimately, over four years, I painted 400 paintings. They are all hearts flying with inspirational messages. I create them and then I create a soul whisper to go with them. And the soul whisper is just a couple of sentences of inspiration because my intention is to help the world understand how powerful your soul is, how beautiful you are in a soul level, and that you are so powerful, you can have, do and be anything that you want. And so I began posting these on Facebook. And I do have a Facebook page called Soul Heart Art XO that you can follow me on where I um, share these inspirational paintings. And I've really not monetized it because it's been my intention to just send this good energy into the world. And it's reached millions of people around the world now over the, um, since 2013 that I've been painting and and producing them. I don't paint anymore. The paintings kind of left me when that was finished. It just kind of left. And that's when, you know, the book was written. And now I have a podcast called powerful soul. So I do some other things to help, send this energy into the world, but it's all definitely being helped on the other side by my higher self, my spirit team, but especially Mark. I know he whispers to me and gives me a lot of my ideas.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Maybe we can actually um, have Mike pull them up in the background. And so those who are watching this can see some of those photos. He'll be able to get your website up. Um, But, you know, the 40 paintings in 40 days reminds me of uh, Gabriella Bernstein. She wrote a book called May Cause Miracles, and um, it's for 40 days straight. And I can't think for the life of me what that means, but there is like some spiritual connection. I think they talk about it in A Course in Miracles, too, about this uh, thing to do do daily for 40 days. Maybe it was something in the Bible. I don't know. Yeah, there are marriage.
1: biblical references, I know. And I don't know, but I don't know what it is, but there is absolutely something very spiritual about 40 days. I knew nothing about any of that. It seemed like a very random decision at the time. I, d- I don't know why I wanted to do it. I know spirit has driven me and pushed me to do a lot of these things. I just listen and I just do what they ask me to do.
0: Yeah. Well, well, tell me a little bit more about your podcast. So do you have guests yeah. on or, you know, what's your podcast about? Cause you know, our podcast listeners are probably going to hop on over and take a listen to what you have to say.
1: Well, I hope to do. It's a brand new podcast. I just launched it on the, what would have been the 12 year meeting of Mark, um, on, um, on um, August 7th. So, or August 12th, sorry. So we have this, I have this podcast and it's called Powerful Soul. And you can um, listen to it on Spotify and on Google Podcasts, or you can link onto to um, Hub for Podcasting. There it is. Thank you. And so far, it's just me talking. I sit down with a microphone and I have an idea of a topic I want to discuss. And I literally record it in one session. They're usually... 30 minutes long and they're about topics to help empower you and understand the power of your soul. So I have recorded a podcast about raising your soul's vibration, about the power of your soul, about soulmates and soul contracts and um, we'll be talking about lots of different soul um, soul topics. There are things designed and exercises designed that you can implement today to help you raise your own vibration and to help you understand and hone into the power that you truly are. So this is all about empowering you and so far I don't have any guests but at some point in the future I would absolutely love April to have you on my podcast as a guest to talk about all the things that you do because this is all about empowering people to understand that they do have a ripple effect on this world. Whether you're aware of it or not, every single day, every thought that you send out into the world is an energy and everything you do causes a ripple effect, good or bad, intentional or unintentional. And the more you're aware of that, the more that you can do things to impact this world in a positive way. And I really do believe it's part of our soul lesson because we are just pure love. And that's what we're here to emulate to learn about and to grow in the vibration of love. Awesome, Laurie. You're doing great work. Yay. I am so, oh my gosh, (laughs) it is such an honor and a pleasure. I love your podcast and I love what you're doing. And I thank you for the ripple effect that you're having on this world because it's an incredible thing as a healer as a Reiki healer, as what you do in your own practice with your clients, but especially reaching people and bringing people like me to an audience that I would not have um, an ability to reach necessarily. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, you are welcome. It's my pleasure. And I love the fact that we were able to get you on so quickly too. We have our new scheduling system and that worked out really cool. Yeah. I mean, you sent me, I think your information on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I sent you the link and I'm like, okay, I'm talking to, Friday, all right,
1: let's go. <laughs> that's, that's, that's spirit-driven to me for sure.
0: Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really just, I, I love you. I wish I could give you a big hug. I love and, to give you a hug <laughs> <too>. <laughs> If we were if here in person, there's no question about that. Oh yeah, definitely. I really felt you like a soul sister just through your book and you know talking to you now. So I know that we're gonna connect some more. We'll connect on over on the Mind Benders podcast I love that. because you have amazing stories. So. um, <laughs> (laughs) You guys are going to see Lori again, for sure. And um, yeah, I just hope you have a beautiful weekend. And thank you so much for sharing this story. And it was also just really cool for me. I went back and was listening to the Starship um, album, you know, that I absolutely loved. So, And, and, you know, there there really haven't been many, unfortunately, a lot of memories in my childhood that I can pull from that are really happy memories. Fortunately, they're kind of like more trauma-based and like... When I think about, oh, what were some of the fun, fun memories? The starship is one of them. And I texted my girlfriend, Janelle, and I said, guess what? Remember, we built this city because her and I, we would sing it and we would dance and all that. And I'm like, I'm actually going to talk to somebody that is connected to the band. You know, she's like, oh, my God, send me the podcast when you're done. <laughs> I love it. You know, she said the same thing. Anytime I hear that, Madonna or um, I don't know, there was another another band that she was talking about. She goes, it always makes me think of you and her childhood. And so it was just really nice to be brought back to a really fun memory, you know, that oh, I had that I, I, I could do that
1: for you. That makes me yeah. so happy. And that's just kind of that, those are the intangible things that when you're doing all this, you don't know how your ripple effect is going to affect somebody else. And that just, it makes my it makes my heart so happy. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that with me.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to thank Mark too. Mark, if Thanks you're watching. <laughs> and then when I went on to Kindle, here's another cool synchronicity for all you people that love 1111. That's how much for <laughs> Kindle book costs,
1: $11.11. I was like, what? Get out of for, here. For the Kindle And for the printed version, I may, even though I paid a ton of money, it was super important to me that I sell this book for 1111. Mm -hmm. not making money on the book. That's not the purpose of it. It is seriously to help everybody to see their own signs.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it's beautiful. So
0: I highly recommend it, guys. Um, check it out. And also, Amazon, you can buy it on Amazon or your website. Yeah. All right. We'll have all those um, connected in the show notes. So Lori, Micah, thank you so much. You're such a beautiful soul inside and out. And I can't wait to talk to you again and uh, reconnect over on the Mindbenders podcast.
1: Awesome. See you there.
0: Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed listening and watching whichever you prefer, and we will catch you next time. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that show. And don't forget to head on over to path11tv.com. Grab your annual membership for $59. Remember, that is 40% off the regular price. So I really want you to take advantage of our launch deal of $59. You get over 75 hours of content that we have on there. So head on over to path11tv.com. Take advantage of the annual membership. All right, guys, take care.